0: Hello and welcome to Solo Travel with Darren. This is episode number forty, and today I'm going to be talking about the uh, passport process and visa process, and basically what travel documents you need to travel overseas. And Um, So I'm talking about this because I think everything's slowly kind of getting back to normal after COVID. I'm recording this back in uh, the middle of October 2020. Um, But I did notice that the um, U.S. government is processing passports now back to where they used to in the same time frame. Um, I think during the middle of covid in the summer i think they stopped processing all passports and then i think after that it was like it took a long time to get your passport back but anyways i think it's back to normal now so i just want to talk about briefly what it is how you how you get a passport how you get a visa if you need to and the different issues that come up especially with the visa but anyways um so to get started oh and finally and as usual my First and my best tip for uh, this episode is that if you are overseas and somehow you lose your passport, um, it's not the end of the world. Um, you just go to the U.S. Embassy and get a new temporary passport. Um, but I mean, I've never had to do that, but that's what I know to do if that's the case. So anyway, just keep that in mind. So, the first thing to do if you want to get a US passport, if you have no idea how to get one, if you never received one, it's a relatively easy process. You just go on the the government website, it's called travel.state.gov um website. Go through there, just uh find what applies to you if you are for first time, you know, getting your passport, just walk through the steps right there. You can do it all online. Um and it's a super simple process and um just just follow the instructions on the on the website. Um, there's really nothing that stands out that you really need to know about. Um you're gonna get a passport. Well, one thing that you might wanna know is you will have an option I think of getting a um fifty page passport book or a twenty page passport book. If you don't specify you're gonna get a twenty day I mean a twenty page passport book. Um and what that means is literally that's how many pages are in the little booklet that they send you that you get. Um if you obviously if you get fifty pages you'll have twice as many pages and you won't have to get another passport because your old one gets filled up so fast. So anyway, so that's something to think about. But other than that, um applying for a passport is super easy. Um just go on the government website and do it that way. One of the things that you might want to know about is you might have heard over the summer they were talking about some new um, requirements that that Europe was putting out for Americans traveling to Europe. It was some type of um, travel system. Uh, Basically, they thought it was going to be like a visa system where Americans needed to get a visa to go to Europe. But that while the system is in place, the ramifications are a little bit overblown. Um, so there's a new law in Europe that's called the EU Travel Information and Authorization System. ETIAS is what it's the, the acronyms. Um, and it was supposed to go into effect in January 2021. Now it's going to go into effect in, uh, I think, 2022. But, anyways, it's a system where Americans will have to go online to this website. In fact, the website is etias.com, and you have to fill out a form. And you'll get essentially authorization to travel to Europe. So before, you just needed a, a passport and that's it; that you didn't have to do anything whatsoever. Um, but now, after twenty twenty two, you're going to do this next this extra step. I think it's only like five dollars or seven dollars um, is what they were talking about previously, and I assume it'll be the same way. But that's something that you need to remember that you have to do if you want to just travel just to to Europe, to France, you know, Spain, you know, in, anywhere. Um so keep that in mind as far as if you're looking to get a passport. Now, so th- the passport's simple. What's not simple is getting a visa to some places. Now, if you want to travel, again, I think I mentioned this in maybe two episodes ago, um when I was talking about the American passport and how it used to get you into any country in the world. Um And because of COVID now, we can't go anywhere. But I assume after COVID's over, we'll be back to our good status with our American passports um, because we bring money to all the tourist places. And so I assume that they want to have us coming to spend money. But um, so when we do have our passports or when our passport status is normal, we can travel pretty much anywhere with just a passport. We don't need to get a visa. Whereas... If you're American you don't understand that the rest of the world for them to travel places they have to get a visa to go to a lot of places they can't just show up with a passport um, it's much more difficult for other people to travel so we're in that privileged position normally um, we're just needing a passport but nevertheless there's some places that we need to get passports um, and so I mean we need to get visas and so from my travel experience I would just tell you the The easiest type of visa experience for me anyway was, um, just when I got to Turkey in Istanbul, Istanbul, Turkey, um, I had to get a visa and what I had to do is I had to go to just like a little, um, a desk basically in the airport and it was the visa desk and I paid, I think $40 and they did the visa right there and I think I had a 30 day visa to stay in Turkey. Um so I just did it. I didn't do anything before I got there. I just landed in on the landed in the airport, went over to the desk and got the visa right then. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Um and, and I mean that's like the easiest country requirement to get a visa as an American. The second easiest that I've experienced was when I went to um, Baku, Azerbaijan and I needed to get a visa Um, I was able to get a visa online. You just go online, I think to the Azerbaijani um, government website. I think that's what it was. And you just fill out their application right there. Uh, They, it takes, I want to say maybe two days for them to review everything that you submit with them to send you back the, the visa. But anyways, you do it all online. They send you back a visa. You, it's a basically a PDF where you can print it out if you want the paper copy. Um, or whatever. Incidentally, I don't think anybody asked me for my visa when I was in, um, Azerbaijan, but nevertheless, um, you do need one for sure. Um, so that's like the second easiest besides just picking it up at the airport to get a visa. Um, after that, you get into the hard ones, uh, the hard visa for Americans to get is a visa to Russia. Um, I think think that's the hardest that we can go to I'm not sure if I know I think we need a visa to Brazil too, but I don't know I've never been there so I don't know how hard it is um, but the visa process to Russia is hard. Um, well first of all I'll say it actually one it's super easy to go to St. Petersburg Russia. if you go by way of Finland, if you take a cruise or a ferry over from Finland, um you can stay in Russia in St. Petersburg for 72 hours without a visa. And that's for sure. One of the things that I think I looked up um a couple years ago when I was going to Russia was I wanted to know if I could go to Moscow um, on that same 72 hour visa, and I never could find any reliable information on that. In the end, I ended up getting a 30 day visa, which I'll get into in a second. But I'm not sure if you can go if you have if you do the visa free 72 hours of Saint Petersburg. I'm not sure if you can go down to Moscow or not. It's a it's a four hour high speed train um, difference. Or that's how long it takes you get down there. So, you know logistically, you could do it. You could go down there for a day or whatever and still have a couple days of um, to spare. But I don't know if you're allowed to. I don't know if you um, if the 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 waiver, the visa waiver, like I said, on the cruise, or whatever allows you to go down there. But I, I, I don't know. Um, but nevertheless, so if you do want to go to Russia without the free 72 hours, you're going to have to go through a, a process and the first thing you have to do. And I mentioned this on my website, uh, our, yeah, my website, my old website actually, well not old, but my, my first website, which is Darren's travels.com. I talked about how hard the visa process is in one of a post uh, on there back. Like I said, I think I wrote that before I left to go to Russia, but nevertheless, um, But So the first part of the process is that you need to get an invitation letter from Russia. And so the most, I guess, the the, the most obvious way to do that, and probably what you think about is you get a letter from the hotel where you're staying at. They send you an invitation letter to basically come to Russia. That's the first thing that you need. You need an invitation letter. Um, If you don't get it from a hotel, and I didn't, I got mine from a third party service that was called ivisa.com and I'll kind of go over this um, pretty generally. If you have any if you have any questions, if you I mean if you really want to go to rush or whatever, get get in contact with me and um, I'll walk you through specifically what you need to do. But so I'm just going to kind of go generally over the process here. But so like I said, you need to get the invitation letter and I got it from a third party Um, company online they send you an invitation letter then you need to go and get the requirements for um, the actual Russian visa you can so you're going to need to get your two pictures of uh, two two recent pictures of yourself within the last six months and you can just go down to Walgreens or CVS or whatever and tell them you need a passport photo (laughs) And then what's kind of cool is that they have a like a I guess like a photo machine right there that has all the uh, the sizes for each country and their photo size requirements for your picture. So anyway, so they take your picture, they size it to Russia's requirements, um, and so that you get two that you have to send to Russia or to the Russian embassy to get your visa. So anyway, so you get those two pictures. Um, so you have that, then you have your invitation from the third-party um, company, and then you have to fill out your um, your actual application for the visa and send that to the Russian embassy here in the U.S. Um, the, first of all, the, the, the good thing about trying to get a visa to Russia is You don't need to show them that at least in 2020, maybe 10 10 years ago, this was a requirement. But nowadays, you don't have to tell the Russians like where you're staying. You don't have to or you don't have to have a you do have to tell them where you're staying for sure. But you don't have to show proof of a paid reservation to send with your your uh, visa request. Nor do you have to show a paid for flight, a flight ticket that you have to, that you send off with your registration. And you also don't need to prove insurance. So I guess there's some comp- some countries in the world where if you're trying to get a visa, you have to tell them basically, here's my flight already, here's my hotel already, and here's my insurance. Uh, but in Russia, you don't have to provide all, all that stuff when you're applying for the visa. Um, One other thing to know about applying for a visa in Russia and probably applying for uh, visas, actually applying for anything if you're traveling outside the U.S., is that whenever they ask for a date on something, it's always they're asking for the European way of writing dates, which is they write the day first, the month second, and then the year last, unlike how we do here with the month first and the the day second. Um, so just keep that in mind when you're filling out the visa for Russia or the, and like I said, any, almost any other, any other paperwork, um, in Europe, anywhere else, cause they all use that, that date system. Um, so that's the, so then anyway, so you have that, again, like you have your invitation, you have your pictures, um and then you fill out the the application and you send all that off to the the russian embassy i think there's four or five here in the u.s i sent mine off to one in houston i think it was um, and that's that i will say and again if you want to save money i think all this, this all cost me about three hundred dollars when it's all said and done but you can save you know almost two hundred dollars if you really want to if you want to go, literally go to the Russian embassy here in the U.S. and try to fill all this stuff out on your own, I would not suggest it. I surely didn't do it. I don't know anybody who has, um, but that is possible. You can just, and, uh, it, Without all these third-party companies who do it for you now, which is so much, so much easier, um, I guess, in the old days, that that's what you'd have to do. You'd have to go down to the embassy and do it yourself um, and if you decide to do that, good luck. So, with that said, so I sent all that off to the Russian embassy, or I sent it off to the third party company um, along with my passport. I had to send them my physical passport in the mail. And so they got it, they sent it over to the Russian embassy, and they made sure all my paperwork was correct, everything was filled out. And then they sent me my passport back along with the visa in my passport. And the Russian visa in your passport takes up the whole page, unlike all the other ones where it's just like a stamp, basically. But I got that back with the the Russian visa in there, and that and that was that. So um, I did take, like I said, and I'll talk about this in a second as far as what you should do with all your your important documents. Um, but I had a paper copy. I had it on my email. I had it on my phone. Um, I had on everything else. One thing you need to know about the visa process to Russia and probably the visa process to a lot of other places too is that um, your passport, when you apply for a visa, your passport must have, um, it must be valid for six months after the end of your trip. So if, if you're going to Russia, say from May 1st to May 15th, um, when you get back from May 15th, you have to have six months after that to, uh, um, uh, your passport must be valid for six months after that. Um, so that's a requirement for that. And then also you have to have two empty, two blank pages of a, of your passport, um, in order to get a visa to Russia. And so you can, I mean, if you travel a lot, then you're going to have stamps on a lot of pages, but you have to have two free ones, um, to get that visa to Russia. And again, I assume that that's Russia is the only place I had to send my passport off to, so I, I don't know what the rest of the world is like, with their requirements, but I'm pretty sure that most of the world requires um, well, that you have to have a valid passport six months after you travel, and you also have to have two free pages. Um, so that's that. Um, and then finally, I'll just leave with this. And again, if you want to go to Russia, shoot me an email at darren at com, and I'll tell you the details about how to do this. But also... You need to know if you go to Russia. Um, when, when you get there, you have to register with essentially the government. Um, and if you go to the hotel like I did, um, the hotel does it all for you. They register you and they tell you how many days you're staying and wh- what you're, you know, where you're at and all that. But if you're going to stay in an Airbnb in Russia, then I don't know how you would do that. I'm sure the Airbnb hosts, you know, they know the requirement for registering you when you get there but that's another process that you have to um, go through when uh, when you get there so so anyway so that's the process to get a visa to russia if you want to stay for 30 days um, and i did that back in 2019 i guess it was um, and it was fine everything i'm telling you on this episode on this podcast episode worked for me and so that's why i'm telling you you know what what i know from personal personal experience um, and then finally, um, just good practices with your visa or passport or anything else. Um, make sure you take a, a paper copy with you. I know this is 2020 and everything's online on the, in the cloud, whatever, but, um, take a paper copy with you. Um, definitely email a copy to yourself. Um, make sure you have a little copy on your phone. Um, maybe. Put put a uh, put a copy of your passport and your visa up into a, a cloud, maybe Dropbox or Google Drive or something, um, and then send a copy to a friend or family or a family member, just so that they have a copy of your passport and your visa and all that stuff when you travel. That's just you know smart. And then, like I said in the beginning of this, um, if for whatever reason you're overseas and you do lose your passport, you can always go to the embassy there and and get another one. So it's not the end of the world. Um, So anyway, so in summary, then the the passport process on the U.S. government website seems to be back to normal. They say it takes about 10 to 12 weeks to get your passport back. Um, Most of the time it's sooner than that. But ten to twelve weeks is what they say allow, and that's back to pre-COVID time length. Um, and then the visa process—I talked about the visa process. Most of the visa processes are pretty easy. Um, Russia is the only exception. And like I said, if you have any, if you have any desire to go to Russia, um, email me, and I'll tell you exactly how to go about getting your your visa. Uh, finally, check out my new website. Like I say, um, it's solomailtravel.com and then, um, check and please rate and review this web, this podcast. Um, please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Um, it helps in the Apple podcast rankings here and then, um, and I guess that's it. I want to thank you again for listening and I will see you next Thursday.